0: When I was a junior in high school, Mrs. Calkins required that we memorize. Tell me not in mournful numbers, Life is but an empty dream, For the soul is dead that slumbers, And things are not what they seem. Life is real, life is earnest, And the grave is not its goal. Dust thou art, to dust returneth, Was not spoken of the soul. Lives of great men all remind us we can make our lives sublime, and departing leave behind us footprints on the sands of time, footprints that perhaps another, sailing o'er life's solemn main, a forlorn and shipwrecked brother, seeing shall take heart again. Let us then be up and doing, with a heart for any fate, still achieving, still pursuing. Learn to labor and to wait. This is Retirement time. I'm Del Lowry. You may recognize that as some of the verses from What the Heart of the Young Man Said to the Psalmist by Henry Wadsworth Longfellow. I suppose Mrs. Hawkins thought it was inspirational and might help us through life. That was 50-odd years ago. Poetry has a way of staying with us. It becomes part of our blood. It's concise, meaningful, and nourishing. A few months ago, a retiree, Eileen Allen, author of I Like Being Old, invited Brenda and I to meet her in Seattle. She told us that her eyesight was very limited. She had read much in her long life. She is 93. She read enough to obtain a Ph.D., among other things. Now her vision is gone, and the printed word has disappeared. She has taken up, memorizing poetry. She chooses poems that have special meaning for her, and then lives with them until they become internalized. When she leans in toward you and starts into a poem, It feels like you've been transported into a new world. Now I become myself. It's taken time. Many years and places. I have been dissolved and shaken. Worn other people's faces. Run madly, as if time were there. Terribly old. Crying a warning. Hurry! Or you will be dead before, what, Before you reach the morning, Or the end of the poem is clear, Or love safe in the walled city. Now to stand still, to be here, Feel my own weight and density. The black shadow on the paper is my hand, The shadow of a word, As thought shapes the shaper falls heavily on the page, is heard, all fuses now, falls into place, from wish to action, word to silence, my work, my love, my time, my face, gathered into one intense gesture of growing like a plant, as slowly as the ripening fruit, fertile, Detached and always spent Falls but does not exhaust the root So all the poem is Can give Grows in me to become the song Made so and rooted by love Now there is time And time is young Oh, in this single hour I live All of myself and do not move, I, the pursued, who madly ran, stand still, stand still, and stop the sun. Now I Become Myself is a poem written by May Sarton, and certainly speaks to the retired. Writer's Almanac by Garrison Keillor is a short program of poetry and airs over national public radio almost every afternoon. The poem comes from all sorts of people spanning several centuries. Just for this brief time, life pauses and we catch a glimpse of another world. It comes like an invisible knife making an opening in the mind. Maybe it has to do with the demand a poem makes. We listen carefully. We pause when they pause. We move when they move. We consider what they consider. We recognize the universal ties that bind us to another human being. Maybe it has to do with the craft of poetry itself. Extraneous words have been eliminated. The story emerges with care. It has a beginning, middle, and end. It has a turning point, a nick, Robert Frost called it, a place where a question or problem appears. The poem turns. My introduction to poetry came from Mrs. Calkins during my junior and senior year. It was cemented by hearing and seeing Carl Sandburg in the spring of 1961. It was one of his last public readings. He came to our college, and I spent my last dime to get a ticket. I went early and sat down front. There was a small table in the center of the stage, and on it sat several books and a Goya guitar that had been provided by a friend of mine. A straight-backed chair sat next to the table, and a red-and-black Indian blanket lay draped over its back. The lights dimmed, and this white-haired, elderly poet came slowly center stage. A single spot provided the only light in the hall. His suit was black. The backdrop was black. His hair glistened. We sat in silence as he arranged the blanket around his lap and legs. There's a real draft up here, he said. He picked up a book and started to read. He had this sing-song voice that reflected growing up on the flat central plains of Illinois. Chicago. Hog butcher of the world. Tool maker. Stacker of wheat. Player with railroads and the nation's freight handler. Stormy. Husky sprawling city of the big shoulders. He read many others, including Fog. The fog comes on little cat feet. It sits looking over harbor and city on silent haunches and then moves on. He picked up the guitar, strummed once and sang... Froggy went according and he did ride right. uh-huh. Froggy went according and he did ride. Right. ah. Uh-huh. Froggy went according and He stopped. The hall was silent. He placed the guitar on the table and reached for a book. I'll read some more poetry now he said. He read more poetry. Then he picked up the guitar again. Froggy went according and he did ride, Uh-huh. Froggy went according and he did did ride, Uh-huh. Froggy went according and he stopped in the same place. Place the guitar back on the table. I forget the words to that song right now. I'll read some more poetry. This was repeated perhaps four times. Each time, the audience remained absolutely silent. We were witnessing a great mind that was leaving us. The poet was dying. He did in fact die within just a few years. For us, the poetry lives on and on and on. Retirement gives us time to pause with poets, both living and dead. We could do worse than spend some time in their world. This is Retirement Talk.